We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your host, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Scott, is the slump busted? Of course it is. They won three in a row. First series win since uh, since since June, so first one in July, which is wild. That's a wild statistic at Ju- July 24th. July is over, like, next week? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wild. the um, – look, man, a lot of people are looking around and be like, yeah, it's Kansas City. And you're not mm-hmm. wrong. Yep, it's Kansas Hand City. Up, me, it's Kansas City. They suck. The, uh, They're so bad. Yeah, for everybody listening, I'm battling some demons here. I'm really trying to come out some with some positive positive vibes only. You've and, been positive uh, on the last few episodes. I've gotten some text messages from people. They're like, why is he so positive about this team? <laughs> because I have to watch it every night. That's why. I don't want to go insane. I don't want to go insane. People are texting you asking why I'm so ne- Neil Keefe is texting you asking why I'm so negative, why I'm yeah. so positive. That's yeah, exactly it who it was, wasn't it? <laughs> it was definitely Neil. Um, the uh, <laughs> they are the they are the absolutely uh, the the worst offense in baseball. They're a bad team. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but they came at the right time. The Yankees the Yankees beat them. They did what they had to do. And all you can hope at this point is when you look at a bad team that you take care of business because they did. Uh, is that they can use it as a, a a a little jump off point, a little momentum. You can't get too far ahead of yourself because this team doesn't allow you to get to that point. But uh, they swept. They did exactly what they had to do, and now the Mets come into town uh, across the before uh, it gets across, hard. You brought the bridge, this before up it gets less. very difficult. It's about to get very very difficult. And you know the Mets is that's no. I know that they're uh, they're a bad team right now. They're not playing well, but it doesn't matter. It's like playing the Red Sox. Like it's the great equalizer. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like so. Plus Verlander's going to be on the mound. Um, but yeah, you got to use this. Like you got some guys going a little bit. You know, Lemayhu's hitting the ball better. You got Rizzo 
finally broke out that home run streak, got got off the schneid on that one, went four for four yesterday, feeling good. You got Judge about to come back. Doesn't look like he's coming back for this series, but he's about to come back. Um, and, and uh, yeah, pitching is lining up the way everybody's getting back to healthy. So, like, you know, I'm just saying, you got to use what's in front of you, and Kansas City was the uh, – was the, the the sacrificial lamb hopefully in the season that 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 has an opportunity still they're they're not complete they're not out of it so no you can't all. say they're out of it I said last episode no matter what happens this weekend against Kansas City it's not going to change my opinion the only thing that would change my opinion about this team is the stretch they're going to play three at Baltimore th- uh, three at home against Tampa four at home against Houston if they play really well in those games that's yeah. a tough stretch of games then you can then you can change your opinion about this team but even if they win these next two against the Mets which they should the Mets are not a good team the Yankees are a better team than the Mets they've got two off days this week so you could go fully loaded every gun in that bullpen can go for those two games even though it didn't happen last time the Yankees played two in the middle of the week against the Mets they punted one of those games don't do that this time Boone but it's going to be how you play against those tough those tough division opponents and obviously Houston who always plays you well so that can change your opinion of the team I I mean I my my opinion still doesn't really change much until I see a much more sustained stretch but the the bottom line is is it's an inconsistent team uh, that 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 weighs to the bad side. So when you have a Kansas City club that comes in and is is a bad team, gives up, you know, a, a decent amount of runs, can't hit for shit. Uh, you you worst OBP to, in the in it's the bad. They're, they're not a so, but you need to you need to use that as an opportunity to at least you know boost your confidence a bit and 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 pick on them and and then feel good for the next thing because. That that needs to happen. They need to get into some good headspace for them to be able to take on this really tough stretch. Because that stretch that you just mentioned, it's a gauntlet, man. The rest of the the rest the August is a gauntlet minus a couple uh, one or two series. It's a it's a it's a tough stretch. It's a tough. It's a really tough month. <clears throat> Those games are also coming in interesting time with the deadline because you've got the three at Baltimore and then on the thirty first, which is a Monday, you've got home against Tampa, and that's the deadline. So d- you could have new players coming in in those four games uh, against those division opponents, and then you've got the two more against Tampa, and then the Houston games. So that's a, that's a really interesting time to have to have the deadline. I don't. It's been a little quiet as far as like the. I feel like the rumors two weeks ago were heavier than the rumors than the rumors this past week. I don't know if that's just um, the fact that there's so many teams in it, quote yeah. unquote that everyone's waiting until the last possible second before they decide what they're going to do. That is one of the, I don't want to call it downsides of the, um, I think it's a benefit. Uh, and the, it's not a, the, three, yeah, it's, you're talking uh, about of the three game, the three team wild card of the expanded playoffs. You've got more teams in it. So on the one hand, that means less activity because less sellers at the deadline. Well, less activity more, over a more over teams, period of time. Yeah, more teams looking to buy, which drives up prices because there's there's supply and demand. <laughs> Go back to economics one on one; like it's the same crap for. See, if it's if if base, if uh, if my economics teacher in college could just have put it into trade deadline baseball terms, maybe I would. Well, you're, you're a C plus. You know, they didn't they didn't know they were going to expand the playoffs. Okay, that's right. <laughs> no, you're right. It's a it's it is interesting in that sense, and we should spend some time on on just. You know, talking about this deadline and, and where where things are. I know we we obviously did our uh, midseason GM plans, um, 
you know, a couple of weeks ago and, and we do that early to try to get ahead of any trades, but you also have to speculate, you know, what teams are going to be still in it at that point, what teams are going to be by it. It's a lot of speculation at that point. And I know yeah. that, that people will go up and down and look at it and we're like, well, this team's not selling, this team's not doing this. Yeah, it's possible. We just don't know that at the time. Um, but it's interesting because right now, when you look at that, what, two games back in the wild card, I think at this point, uh, eight, eight games back in the AL, AL East, um, eight and a half. They're they're obviously in striking distance for for a playoff position. Um, yeah, and eight the and way they started eight and a half in the in the division. Yep. and the Yankees are two out, t- tied with Boston, two yep. behind Toronto. Yep. So, you know, we were going, we had some chats going on the back of like, okay, what if the Yankees were to sell? If they were to sell, what would they what would they look at? And <laughs> there's just not a ton to be honest. Like, it's could, not worth it. They, they, they're, yeah. That's the you thing. Can't you, equate you could go through the to, bullpen. You could go through the bullpen, and you could you could dismantle the bullpen. And those are pieces that people will want for sure. Like that, the bullpen is probably your your best asset as a group uh, on this on this team. But like at the end of the day, when you look at who's movable, who's not movable, the Yankees can do, you know, I probably more harm than good than trading now for getting rid of guys uh, than than they could by adding a couple pieces and seeing if the guys rebound. Like, yeah, I, I you have to. I almost you have to with this that. roster. You, this is not a roster you're building for the next. You cannot equate this to 2016 where no. you're looking towards the future and you're going to trade a couple key bullpen pieces to stock up on prospects. That is right. not what this team is. You have to maximize Garrett Cole, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, Anthony Rizzo, DJ Lemayhew right now. Carlos Rodon, yeah. you just signed. Like you have to maximize all of those guys this year, next year, the year after that, and that's probably it. Let's be realistic about these guys' window. It's probably stretching it. Well, who knows? There's a lot of things that can happen between now and then. But as far as I'm talking about, those core players, like if you're gonna if you're gonna rely on Garrett Cole to and and Aaron Judge to be the best at their respective position, betting on that happening after 2025 like the chances of that are slimmer and slimmer so that's why you have to do it now sure i think gary cole has a longer fine the um but but so so at that point you you gotta you gotta look around to see what moves you can make to see you know how you can possibly improve this team at at, you know even if it's minimal even if it's minimal and you're banking on guys just getting healthy minimal is not going to make people happy because it doesn't matter make no one's going to be happy no one's going to be happy with there's no move out there that's going to effectively make this team that much better unless you get Shohei Otani, right? Like there's just, there's that move to me doesn't, you have to do multiple things. A lot of things have to go right. You have to do a lot of things. There's not, you're not one piece away unless it's a guy that's, you know, all world. Well, the um, reality is no matter what you add, whether it's a starting bat, a bench bat, a bullpen arm, uh, whatever it is, if the players on this roster currently don't perform better, right, none of it. it matters. Exactly. But if the players on this roster start to perform better, which we saw Rizzo get the four hits on Sunday, we saw Stanton hit a bunch of line drives, like definitely some positives from the offense coming out of this weekend. I still think people are going to be, if you add a minor piece at the deadline, but you've got like a hot seven games of Rizzo and and uh, and DJ and, and all those guys, because we got DJ's number since the All-Star break as well. He's hitting 344. It's 11 for 35 with a 931 OPS. So he's definitely looked more like DJ LeMahieu in the handful of games since the All-Star break. And then if you can pencil in Aaron Judge coming back sometime early August and then give him a, you know, a two, 10-game, 14-game ramp-up period before he's really going to be Aaron Judge, that's all if, well and if, good. If that's a possibility, if that's a thing. If, if, if Aaron Judge is going to show up, the real Aaron no, Judge. No, he is. I was listening to the pregame because I was driving home. 
uh, took Harrison. Oh, I have a funny story, actually. I'm going to do this now. So, because I'll forget about it. I was driving up Thursday afternoon um, mm-hmm. to Rhode Island. Uh, mm-hmm. Picked Harrison up from daycare, put him in the car for a nap, just let him sleep. So I didn't want to stop to pee or anything because I didn't want him to wake up. Oh, so yeah. we were just, you just keep powering, you powering through. Yeah. yeah I, I, I was contemplating it. Yeah. But he woke up. But we had already passed on 95 all of like the just turn off rest stops. So I was going to have to get off and exit or exit 74 in Niantic, Connecticut on 95. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Northbound. Got it. Pull off gas station. Boom. Right there on the left. I walk in. I'm holding Harrison. I asked the guy at the front. I'm like, hi, do you have a bathroom? He goes for you or for him. I'm like, both of us, even though Harrison still pisses and shits in a diaper. I'm like both of us. He goes, leak or a dump. I'm like, buddy, <laughs> what time is this? 3.30 in the afternoon. On a Thursday. <laughs> On a Thursday. Man. I'm like, buddy, what does it matter? Unless you tell me the plumbing doesn't work, what does it matter what I do in there as long as yeah. it still works when I come out? You charge you five lots- bucks for a number two. Well, he, go- he goes, it's for customers only. Then I'll buy something. Let me take my kid in there before he shits all over your floor. Like, he doesn't know what's going to happen. So I didn't say anything. I was thinking that. Walk oh. in, walk in, do my business. I had to pee so bad. Harrison just stood there. I'm like, don't touch anything. This place is gross. We just walk out. I didn't buy shit. Screw that guy. Man, that was a, why, you know, unless he owns that place, why does he give a rat's ass? Why does he care? There's no way that guy owned that place. <laughs> unless he owns that place, why does he care? Those, there should <laughs> just be being an little, animal. little caring uh, about that. Um, wow. I've never, I've never gotten that, that, uh, that degree of questioning. I didn't answer the, the, the best question. Part is, is, is it him or you? Well, first of all, if he's going, I have to go in there with him. So now right. what? Now yeah. what? What are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? You going to watch us? I mean, I'm just going to take a dump while I'm in there. There's a lot of things <laughs> to, to unpack with that guy. I would um, have literally had to be prairie dogging it to shit in that place. That's how gross it was. Well, the, the problem with, with, with that, this is a whole other this could be a whole other podcast is trying to go to the bathroom when your kids in the, in the, in there with you and, and oh, yeah. trying to touch everything. One, one hand holding them. Yeah. Um, where were we going before that? I don't you know. Were, you were saying something. <laughs> I'm so delirious. I'm running on like no sleep all weekend. <clears throat> the, uh, yeah. Anyway, the, them, um, getting to a good place for the trade deadline. Logan, bring us back. Where the hell were we? I really just lost it completely. I have no idea. I'm all I'm thinking about is this guy asking me if I have to take a piss or if I have to take a shit and what I would say to that. That's all I'm thinking of right now. I was, I, I know where I was saying. I was listening to the game yesterday because I was driving home from Rhode Island. So I was listening to the pregame and Aaron Boone talking about Aaron Judge. He's definitely coming back. He oh, basically right. put the onus on Aaron Judge saying when he tells us he's ready, he's going back in the lineup. I'm he not saying he's not coming back. I know he's coming back. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if he's returning saying? to the form of Aaron Judge, we don't know. Okay, well, we I mean, how could, we po- how could we possibly know? No, we that, don't. Right? Like, we're, we're, never gonna, we're not going to know that. And is he going to be the. Because Aaron Judge, prior to this injury, like was on track for oh, yeah. just as good of a season he was has, having last year. Is yeah. he going to be that? Unfortunately, probably not, right? Like you've got a bad toe injury. I'm sure it's going to impact him, even if it's 10%. Even if he's 80%, 90% of the player he was the first half, uh, the first couple months of this season. In pri- like, So he's not going to be the exact same, but he could still be better than anything else they could conjure up. Yeah. But uh, Boone was talking about the the sim game he did against Loizaga, right? Mm-hmm. 
And uh, and then uh, Susan was saying, I talked to Loisaga after he threw 19 pitches. Judge fouled off five pitches. But Loisaga was like, I was so afraid to hit him. I didn't pitch inside. And Which I'm like, okay. I'm like, it's, I, I guess it's still valuable that he's facing mm-hmm. live pitching. and But like, if the pitcher out there is not going to be even pitching his normal game and, and Judge knows like, what is really the point of all this? Like, how timing. is that? No, it's, it's, it's helpful. It's very helpful. It's timing. You, you still got to see it. You still got to see it. Your eyes got to adjust. You got to make, you, you got to get that timing down. You got to feel what a, what a okay. you know, ball coming over 96 miles The whole miles thing to me just seemed hand. a little silly though. It's like, because you know, there's like everybody who's watching this is like, don't hit judge. Don't hit judge. Don't hit judge. Loisic is thinking, don't hit judge. Don't hit judge. Because if he hits judge, he's Kisho's his face in New York again. Yeah. No, I, I mean, yeah, there's there's still a, a good amount of value doing that. And it's going to take time. He's going to have to ramp up. He's going to have to do all the things to get uh, – I think his timing is going to be one of the hardest things to get back, the mechanics. Because – and that's, again, like I, I feel like a broken record talking about DJ, but uh, DJ does – I still believe that that's, that's what has been going on with him. I think he's gotten into some bad mechanical uh, uh, problems and, and, and just – it's hard to get out of those when you're when you don't feel exactly the same, and I think it's easy to fall into some bad habits. So, you know, this is a this is an, an unprecedented uh, situation with a guy like Judge, you know, that that is so big with a foot injury, and how that is going to affect the rest of the biomechanics of of him running, of him hitting, of him doing all of the things. So, it's definitely a wait and see situation. And then, you know, the other piece of this is because he is so goddamn big. Is you know does the risk for re-injury become higher because of the impact? I, I don't know. Like I don't are, think that's gonna. I I think they're probably gonna tell him the risks. Like the doctors are gonna be like, yeah, you could re-injure this, but like. But I the said, re-injuries I'm talking about purely for him and his comfort level and the what he's going to do at the end of this year. Because if he if he re-injures it to a point where it's just a pain tolerance thing, it's going to affect him big time. It's going to affect the way he does everything. And and that I don't and think that, they would I, bring him back if it could be damaged beyond. If no, that's not what I'm saying. Irreparable. What's the word? You can't hurt it more. You can't, you can't hurt the thing more long term. But what you can do worse, is da- you can more bad it, damage. You can make it feel bad in the moment. More which bad will boo-boo. affect everything that you do. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So we'll see. Anyway, wh- the, the bottom line is is they have to go and they have to buy. They can't sell. They're they're just not. Whether yeah. whether youth you believe in this team sell. or not, you can't sell anything at this point. You have to bolster this lineup. They're still in a position of, of striking distance. Like, you know, they're two games out of the wild card, and I know they're in last place, tied for last place in their division. But it, it, this, listen, this is not something I believe in. But like, they would be the best team by a long stretch in in the AL Central. So you still have to take it in context at how competitive the division is. That's why they're in last place right now. But it is still last place. It is still a lot of teams to leapfrog, and they're all on the schedule basically in August. So August is going to be the make or break month. Whether you add at the deadline, whether these guys get better or not, unless you beat some of those teams in front of you in August, it's going to be extremely difficult to try and leapfrog them in September. Yeah, well, and as we're seeing, you know, go, just looking at the at the division a little bit too, uh, Tampa has been in a bad stretch. I mean, they're just losing guys left and right. Yep. This happened to them two years ago when their their entire team just got annihilated by injuries. That's happening again. Like their their pitching staff is annihilated. They're 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 going down. It seems like with the new injury every every uh, every every other day. So they are absolutely struggling. And then you go you go to the opposite side 
of, of Baltimore. And it seems like they have a new stud minor leaguer coming up every single day. Oh, and by the way, the, the kid, uh, holidays kid, it was this draft, right? He just got drafted, right? Or was it the one before this? It was, it was last year. It was last year. Matt Short Holiday, stop. You're talking about Matt Holiday. Matt Holiday's yeah. kid. Yeah. Jackson. Yeah, Holiday, yeah. No, that was, that was last year. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he's in, I think he's in double A like this. They, they have number one, number one draft pick. Like he's a stud. Uh, they're going to start bringing more kids up. Like they have a replenish and never ending replenishment. The faucet is just on for Baltimore right now with the amount of it young seems talent like that they, they made. Have. Seems like they made a lot of good draft picks. Like yeah. you, you can suck for a while and make crappy picks and then you still suck for a while. That's not what Baltimore did. Clearly they made a lot of good picks and I guess you got to credit also their minor league development. Like these guys are progressing quickly. Like it's not just the yeah. talent. You also have to nurture the talent. Sure. And, and, and yeah, they're coming up and, and, you know, you start adding more young guys to a, a lineup of, of, uh, of good young guys in the first place. And the confidence level, man, is just going to continue to soar with, with them. So they're a scary team in, in, in how they're playing and how they can just be replenished from within, uh, you know, with, with more, with more studs. So that I don't see Baltimore going anywhere. Like I, I they actually, with with the way that Tampa okay, has, if, if anyone thinks at this point at the end of July Baltimore's going, no, I mean in first like, place you, more so. I, I think if Tampa, if Tampa because because of the injuries that Tampa has had, I, I don't I don't know how they possibly sustain. And I think I think uh, Baltimore's just going to continue to get better. So I I wouldn't even be surprised if they ran away with the division to be honest, um, because of 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 just the situation that's happening right now. But. We'll see. Maybe you know if Tampa can find it again um, with with some of the some of the guys that they're they're coming in to replace. Um, but yes, the Yankees are going to be going up against Baltimore. I'm sorry, Boston and Toronto, who are dead in the sights for the wild card. You know, don't even worry about the division. It doesn't matter at this point. You just you got to beat those the, at least those two teams in front of you. You giving up on the division? I'm not giving up on the division, but Sounds like I think it. yeah, I think I don't think they're catching Baltimore though. <laughs> I don't think they're catching yeah. Baltimore either. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. You mentioned some of this, the 
the trade deadline. So like with the Trevino injury now out for the season with wrist surgery, something he's been dealing with all year. He has not been the same player this year. It's got a, he had a 58 OPS plus this year. He only had a, he finished last year with a 91 OPS plus, but he did not play. He did not hit well down the stretch last year. He definitely faded. I would, I don't know what his first half OPS plus was last year. I'd venture to guess it was over a hundred considering he was an all-star. Uh, it's probably like 110 or something like that. So he, the fact that everybody, they, everybody was 110 in the beginning of last year. They've missed that production. No, the, the, the fact of the matter is the worst hitters last year in the first half were 110. The best hitters were all 170 or something like that. Yeah. Um, like, will they go out and get some catching help? Because he got Rortvet now and Higgy. I don't know if they're comfortable with that uh, for the rest of the season. Again, adding a catcher midseason is always something difficult. But we were just talking about Sal Perez. I don't know if Kansas City's going to be looking to move him, if he's going to be a Casey lifer. Uh, he's got like an interesting backstory with Kansas City because he signed that. Do you remember he signed that deal for like seven years, $8 million originally? And then Kansas City felt so bad, they like ripped it up and gave him like a decent contract. So uh, interesting story with Kansas City. He might feel loyal to them want to want to stick with it they may feel loyal to him also that, I mean, yeah he's a, exactly he's definitely one of those guys he also you know they that obviously kansas city being uh in in town made it uh you know very obvious and it's not even like he's having that great of a year but he's veteran yeah so and he's got another year another year of or two years another two years i think right 25 and we, we we looked him up he's uh 33 years old He's the oldest 33-year-old man in the face of the planet, isn't he not? Like, I feel like he's been around for two, dec- two decades. Once, once you get to be in your mid-30s uh, or 40s, Scott, uh, for baseball, ages start to, start to seem fake. You're like, I've been watching that guy for a decade and he's still younger than me. How, how is that possible? Like, well, shouldn't I mean, he age two years for every year I age? Because I've gotten past the whole younger athlete. than me thing, but it does seem like Sal Perez has been playing baseball I don't for even care about the younger time. than me thing, though. But you would you could have asked me twenty five minutes ago, gun to my head, is Sal Perez older than you? I would have bet my life, yes, and he's not. <laughs> I would have if, if you if you had given me a guess, I would have said thirty six is what I would. But then my my yeah, son, I would I would have said thirty like, yeah, thirty two. He's thirty three. <laughs> yeah, so, but no, he but does feel like he's the, he, he's that type of move. He he does feel like a a, a late a late career Yankee. You know, he's got that in him. Sure. It does feel like everybody, that. Everybody gets to wear the pinstripes once. Doesn't have the uh, Yankees don't have that veteran uh, catcher presence. So they go get uh, Sal Perez who could still, you know. Uh, Doesn't handle- Hickey qualify as a veteran at this point? Yeah, but he's a backup. He's not a starting catcher. He's a backup. Yeah, depending on who's. Uh, not who's right now, Rorvet. But it's, there, it's a split. It's a split. But the, but Sal Perez does feel like, like that. And. Uh, you know, and they, the, the, the whole, the whole piece about that from Kansas city, you could easily spin this, you know, you want, we want to send him off to a, to an opportunity to win again at the end of his career. Like it's a, it's a, it's a really easy sell, I think, especially if he wants to do it. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. But, um, that team is, is going, it's a different situation than like a Yadier Molina because the Cardinals have been competitive pretty much his entire career. So you don't, there's no situation as where good of a career, but also point. as good of a career as Sal Perez is. He's not a Hall of Famer. He might be a Kansas City Hall of Famer, but he's going to be that regardless of whether or not he finishes his career somewhere else. Yachty, in the same sense that like Derek Jeter and those guys, like there's value in in the Cardinals having him be there his entire career for for, for a guy like Yachty. Well, yeah, so he was but never. They're also good too. The the Kansas City Royals are just a, a terrible baseball team as well. So and they're not going to be good for the next two years. 
So that's the thing. Like you, you're so doing this guy. If he's gonna either stay there through through more shitty years, or or you uh, or you deal him. I would not be surprised at all if he were to get moved at this uh, at this deadline. And now that we we know um, the full extent of Trevino's injury and and him being out for the year, you know, it wouldn't 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 surprise me if he if he was uh, wearing pinstripes in a, in a week and a half. Yeah, I, I mean the Trevino thing has been lingering since spring training when he was shut down. I think that's got been an underrated aspect of this team is the I don't want to call it lack of catching production, but diminished Offensive catching production. production. Yeah, because we always say like who cares about the 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 offensive catching production and and yeah. that's true to an extent. We're not expecting, you know, Jorge Posada back that. there. But but last year overall on balance the Yankees had a positive like positive offensive production from the catcher. It wasn't fantastic, but it was it was at least league average or positive. This year, it's been a lot, lot worse. And couple that with everything else. So I feel like that's just going on. I'm not saying it's the problem, but it's a fact. It's another factor here. Trevino's injury is another factor why this team is where they are relative to last year. I mean, I could argue against that and say that, well, the only reason they're still in this situation is because of the pitching and, and how Trevino um, can can handle the, the pitching that's staff. Not arguing well. the other, that's not arguing the other way. It is because the value to me for a catcher is is much higher on the defensive yeah, side than it is obviously. on the offensive side. Like I, I, that's why I, I don't really care that much about offensive production from a catcher. If I'm building a team- But Trevino was an all-star last year. The biggest year. stud. Okay. If I get it, he I get it. He was an all-star last year. You don't yeah. get to be an all-star by just being a defensive stud. You also no, have to hit him a, a little bit. He, he, like everybody else on the Yankees, had a good first half. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. he put up some 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 decent – and again, like that's great. I'm not saying I don't want offensive for my catcher. I just don't need it. Yeah. All right. So game time is our preferred ticket app because it, because it is the easiest way to buy tickets to whatever you want to go to. Yankees-Mets game this week, other, other sporting events coming up, NFL's right around the corner, concerts, comedy shows, or theater. The app has a ton of cool features and is very easy to use. It shows you trending tickets, what sections the best deals are in, calls out cheap options and flash deals, and much more so you can make an informed purchase. I was checking out the app uh, before we started recording for this week. Not that I'm going to be able to go to the Yankees-Mets this week, but there are actually some pretty good deals to be had if you just want to get in the building using game time. You get images of your seats before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect, which is also key if you're going to be sitting in a section you've never sat in before. The buying process is super fast, just two taps and you are done, and the tickets go directly to your phone so you don't have to dig through email to find them. It's also good if you are buying tickets with some buddies because... You can easily share them that way. Uh, download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code BRONX for $20 off your first ticket purchase. Terms apply. Once again, download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code BRONX for $20 off your first purchase. Thank you, GameTime, for sponsoring us. All right, quickly, some uh, some more news topics before I want to touch on some things from the KC series. Uh, Bowers and Allen activated on Sunday. Oswaldo and Franchi were optioned down. Uh, we talked about Loisica. And uh, throw in the bullpen session to judge. <clears throat> Nestor officially started his rehab on Sunday. Pitched two and a third, four hits, one run, four strikeouts, no walks. I uh, I think they said he's going to be back uh, eyeing sometime early August for his return. And then Glaber left Sunday's game with a hip injury. Uh, Boone said he's doing better is the latest report. But that obviously would be concerning considering Glaber has been a steady offensive say it, force. Say it. Say it. I said a steady offensive force. But you know what the funny thing is when Glaber's been the best player on this team for a solid 
again, full season. again, that's not saying much. Glaber Torres has a 112 OPS plus. Good. Good. Not great. Not elite. The funny thing is, though, when he was pulled yesterday, it was a, was it a one-run game or a two-run game at the time? It was a two-run game when he was pulled. They put Peraza at second, Volpe at short. Before the injury was announced, in my mind when I was listening, I was saying, that's smart. You're doing a defensive replacement. So if my first reaction when they pulled Glaber Torres out of the game, late and close, wasn't, he's injured, was actually, they're doing defensive replacement. That tells you all you need to know about Glaber Torres. Good offensive player this year, not great, good. 112 OPS plus is 12% better than league average. It's not 28%, it's not 55% better than league average. It's a little bit better than league average. He hit a home run yesterday, great. I would pull him for defense late and close because that's the type of player he is. But yeah. he just happened. Well, to have all that does is tell tell everybody who's talking. That's it. It just says everybody's very clear. If you can't tell us apart who's talking, Andrew's talking in that moment because you hate Glaber Torres, and uh-huh. at the same time um, he was pulled for an offense. Volpe pinch hit for him, so it wasn't defensive replacement. First of all, and then second of all, the the guy that replaced him in the in the same vein, you're about to complain about the defense. So if you want to get to that next, because that's about to sure. happen, because you have a problem. <laughs> with the guy that he replaced was replaced with for defensive uh that that you believe cost the game and i know you wanted to to talk about that so it says absolutely nothing about glaber torres to be very frank and the the guy because he was pulled for an injury he wasn't pulled for defense i understand that i know but while he while he has uh the the some frustrating moments uh, there's no doubt he's been he's been so consistent offensively especially lately the past month and a half when this team has had absolutely nothing yes absolutely i am well aware of i am aware of that credit to glaber torres for being consistent in his life for once doesn't make him the best player on the planet so let's just understand the context here. The Yankees nobody's offense saying has that, been You have to say that year. contingent just to make sure that he feels that nobody puts him on too high of a horse. But why, just because he's been better than everyone else on this team who has been awful, why are we all, all of a sudden going to put him up on a pedestal? Like he's been, he's it's been not good. putting him on a pedestal. It's it's a it's a it's a matter of identifying when you are looking at it in a full team where the issues are and where the issues are not, and and he is where the issues are not. If Glaber Torres' hip injury was severe and he was out for the rest of the year, would you call this season a wash? Like, that's it? Pack our things Dude, in? I wouldn't say that about one person, not named Aaron Judge. The only person I would say that about. Okay. Uh, yeah, so the thing about uh, Peraza on Friday, which was a wild ninth inning, a couple of replay calls, but the the stolen base, I think it was Waters who stole the base, I think it was one out, stole the base, got in scoring position. That throw down to second base was going to have him no problem. Like wh- when I saw that throw going, I was like, oh, they got him. Easy. But Peraza came up like two steps in front of the bag to catch the ball. So he had to then go reach back to try and make the tag. And he just missed the tag, right? So it would have been an easy out if he just was on the bag, straddling it, catch it, tag it. He would have been out by a glove, a glove length. The guy would have slid right into his glove. But he came up and caught it. And immediately I'm sitting there saying that, like, what are you doing, man? Like, that's a bad play. And then credit to Kay because he mentioned this two minutes later on the broadcast. He said, man, I can't help but think if Peraza doesn't come up front of the bag, they get this guy easily at second base. I think it's a big play because I know the run didn't score, but he very easily could have scored. That's the ninth inning. That's the tying run. 
in scoring position. There was a line drive right after that up the middle, which I thought was going to be up the middle, but it was caught. Good good defensive positioning uh, for Peraza. And then Volpe makes the nice play in the hole to, to get the guy at third base, which they had to replay as well. And it's kind of ironic because Boone makes the challenge call and then doesn't have the challenge to challenge at play at third, but the umpires just reviewed it anyway. That's a type of play. Peraza is supposed to be like this defensive wizard. He's touted for his defense. I'm sure he's got a, he's got elite range, elite skills in the field, can make the throws, all all the cliches. But that is a that is a not heads up defensive play. You need to be taught the ball's going to get to you faster than you can go get the ball and reach back. And he didn't do that, and it could have cost the Yankees the game. It didn't cost the Yankees the game, but it could have cost the Yankees the game. So yeah, I'm sorry, I do have a problem with that because it's the Royals, and the Royals stink. They're the worst offensive uh, offensive team in the league. And yes, the Yankees did sweep them, but every single game was a nail biter. The the Royals were in every single game. The Yankees yesterday on Sunday, four runs come out of the gate hot, four runs, boom, line drives all over the park, nothing except Rizzo's home run in the third inning, and then it's just nothing until Kansas City boots the ball around in the eighth inning, gives you some insurance runs, which you needed in the ninth inning. So these games were all close, even though they swept them. Yeah, they were close, and they got, frankly, shut down by uh, by Singer on, on Saturday as well. Um, but yeah, no, just for Peraza, ideally, you, you you don't catch the ball that far in front. You know, we saw years for the when, when Javi Baez was uh, – was in his glory and actually wasn't exposed for the bad offensive baseball player that that he really is. He, we saw yeah, all these so bad. We man. saw all of these tags, and and it became it became one of these uh, where catching the ball out in front uh, and and doing that swipe tag is a couple things. One, you can't get in the way of the of the of the runner anymore. I think that does affect how uh, some of these guys are are taking the ball at second base in some cases. You can't you can't get in the way. You can't have any kind of obstruction at all or the the runner can be called safe. So I think that does come into play the way that these guys do it. Uh, you can also cut down a bad throw if you're if you're if you're catching it in front of the bag and able to swipe back. Yep. So there's a number of things there. So it's instinctual. That wasn't a bad throw though. But it it's a it's one of those moment things. If if I'm if I'm sitting here harping on a guy who does have very good defensive abilities as a plus defender plus defender um, because of uh you know the the one situation where it was split split second uh hair hair didn't get the guy like crazy crazy town if that's if that's one of the 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 places that you get you it's not because i'm not getting that upset if he he struck out last week in anaheim seven out of eight played appearances i'm like okay that's a rookie gonna go through some struggles but when this guy is supposed to be a top defender and he makes a bad defensive play it's not a bad defensive play that's not a bad that that is absolutely a bad defensive it's 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 a it's a little bit off it's like it's it's one step it's possibly one step in a different direction that that's and 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 why was the guy safe because of that one step. Okay, so but my yes, point is, is when you make one step play. and you harp on one step or one thing like that, that's not a that's a position. That's a that's the way that you when, position yourself. When that's otherwise the runner is out, when otherwise the runner is out by a foot, easy at second base, and instead he's safe. Yeah, it's a that's bad like saying if I make play. contact the with same, the ball, I'm going to hit on. the ball. I just Let make ask, contact with no, the ball. No, it's exactly like saying as an outfielder, as an outfielder, if a line drive is hit at you and you take a step in. And then run back, and the ball's over your head. Error. Yeah, is a that a, is that a bad defensive play? It's a two base error. Is that a bad defensive play? That's different. You're you're advancing multiple bags at well, that no, point. It's one step. Did he catch the ball? Was the runner he caught safe? the ball? 
<laughs> it's the whole point. But it's a bad example. Who cares if he caught the ball? The runner was safe. In, no, you're saying an outfielder. Out. I'm saying the outfielder would catch the ball in that case. So yes, no, it's not no, the same. If if the run, no, if the ball's over, if, if if the ball goes over his head because he right. took one step in, yes, is that a bad defensive play? Andrew, one step in the outfield, one step straddling the bag on a stolen base, very different situations. They're not the no, same. No, actually, actually, it's mutually actually exclusive. it's the same. That one step cost them the play in both instances. Okay, I'm not arguing with you. This is a ridiculous argument. But the, one step uh, costs you the play in both instances. We saw it with IKF and left. If field you take one last in week in Colorado, you don't catch the ball. The man is on third base. Okay, that is not the same. That is not the same. Maybe he's safe. not. Maybe he's a lazy runner and thought he was going to be out, so he's jogging down to first base and he's just standing on first base. Okay, so he's at least advancing a bag. Yeah, game, game of, of inches. inches. Thank you. Game of Logan. inches. Game of centimeters. Mm-hmm. Centimeters. Millimeters. What's the, what's even less? What's I don't the smallest know. Smallest unit of measurement. <laughs> the um, but yeah. Anyway, like Glaber being uh being out would hurt them significant. I I do think it hurts. It hurts their consistency. It hurts uh you know a guy that I think it been, would be a net positive in the long run. Been been able to actually help this team at the top of the lineup. So I yes, he's helped and, and he's had he's had core hip injuries in the past. Yes, actually, wasn't the hip injury the big the big injury that happened what three or two before COVID. Was it 19? Uh, no, I think it was COVID. Was it COVID? I, I think I think that was one of the reasons why he was out of shape in 2020. It was a hip injury. Yes. Yeah. So it was also a hip injury, I think, sidelined him for a bit in in 2018. Which a hip injury for a young guy like that is is kind of odd. Well, at the time he was super young. He was 22 years old or whatever he was. But um yeah, I remember talking about that. He was 22 issue. five years ago. I think so, wasn't he? No. 22 when he called up? I don't know. He was younger than that. Anyway, okay. but he's uh, twenty-one. Is he twenty-seven <laughs> years old right now? I I don't. I'm gonna have no. to Google this. No, we're, you're going down a. Glaber Torres is twenty-six years old, born 26. in 1996. So he was probably called up when he was twenty-one, not twenty-two. Sorry for making a big mistake. Yeah, what's wrong with you? He was born in December, so he will be 27 in uh, December. So next year is his age 27 baseball season. Um, yeah, I, I, hopefully the, the 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 hip thing is not not a bad thing. Well, you got the day off on Monday, so hopefully he's back in the lineup, even if it's Rub just some DH. dirt on it. Oh, did you? Uh, Boone also. I told this was gonna happen. He got Volpe Sunday off, even though he had to come in because he wanted to give them the back to back off days for the for the 21 year old. Well, I think it's more of a mental. Let, let's get back into the thing. Yeah, no, I don't. he said. He said. He said. He's giving him a physical breather because he's been he's been out there every day. It's yeah. fine. It's not a huge deal. It's not like Volpe is lighting the world on fire. It's just funny. You've got a 21 year old who had an off day Thursday. He's gonna have an off day Monday. They're gonna have an off day again on Thursday. But he needs back to back off days this week. Opportunity to catch more rest. Yeah, more rest. For him. Uh, what do you think about that? I mean, that play that he made at the end of the game on Friday. That was an night. awesome play. No, that was yeah. an awesome play. Like such a heads up play makes because when the balls hit, I'm like, well, it's going to be first and third. And, and here, like, and with, with running, with you're not batter. getting him at first. And DJ also, because DJ is running to see if he can get the ball. So he has to then sprint back to third base. So he's on the run. That's a throw on the run. That is an elite defensive play by Volpe. That was a very, very good play. Yeah, no, yeah. It, I, I I agree, and you're right. The the play by Lemayhu, who now is the Yankees' third baseman, correct? 
Yankees, I mean, that's... Uh, yeah, I mean, as- aside have- from a, a couple days off he'll get, and maybe IKF plays third or Peraza plays third. Yeah, he's got to be the third base. Yeah. IKF has not, not been back. playing very often. I feel like I feel like IKF has, has not been playing very often uh, at all. So, but, but yes, he's... That's fine. The, conti- the I mean, as they're base. getting a little bit healthier, continue to use him as the super utility guy. That's the role. That's a role he was excelling in. For sure. I But I think the rest of the season, just keep DJ at third. Give him the off yeah. days that he needs occasionally and spell him, but he's the third baseman right now. There's there's no reason because to play him. You got Glaber and Peraza. You have to go to first base. base. First base is the only other place he's got to go. So he's staying on the corners, essentially. Don't don't even put him in the middle of the infield. I mean, he'll play second occasionally, but yeah, he should be Why? primarily. There's no reason for it. Yeah, I don't know. Def- maybe maybe you're doing some defensive shifting around. I, I don't know. Anyway. But yeah, with Rizzo getting the four hits yesterday and then like obviously hitting the home run first time since that May twenty May twenty first or whatever we put out that that joke graphic last week and people were getting big mad because it was Aaron Hicks and and Gary Sanchez but <clears throat> like uh, one day is one day great hopefully it's a sign of things to come but he has he had to have been de- has to have been dealing with some sort of injury right like yeah this, I, I think so you don't go through probably the worst offensive stretch of his entire career he was having a good year prior to this. Like he was having a very good year, yeah. No, he something. Was, I mean, something had gone up for two months. Early, early on, forget how to hit for two months. Yeah, early on, he was one of the highlights of the offense for sure. Like the he was, and and yes, the, it's you know the coincidental nature of of Judge being out of the lineup uh, and aligning with that too. It's it doesn't doesn't help you. That's for sure. It certainly doesn't help you. But I do. I definitely think he's been he's been dealing with a, a nagging you know injury, neck, back, all connected in there for him. So. Hopefully he's feeling good, man, because he's a big piece of this. If they if they want to do anything, they need they need him to be productive. Yep. And then uh, one other thing from Sunday's game. So Marinaccio comes in in the ninth with the big lead, gives up the two home runs. He's been struggling. So last seven games, he's five and a third innings pitched, giving up six earned runs. It's a 10-13 ERA in his last 30 games. So a much bigger sample size, 29 and a third innings, 16 earned runs, 16 walks in in 29 innings uh that's obviously way too many walks 4.91 era for marinaccio who prior to that had been very very solid yeah but but that's a large that's a big piece of uh of of the season that you can look back and he just hasn't been very good so 29 innings for a relief pitcher is a big sample yeah i don't remember him being good anymore to be honest (laughs) it's i i he's a he's the guy that's struggling and he's at a point where if he doesn't you know turn that around soon then he's He's back in the minor leagues, and you're you're bringing up someone that that you gotta has the opportunity. Bring someone up or acquire someone at the deadline. Yeah, but I mean that's an that's an easy decision to be like you just you don't you don't have it as a reliever. You don't have that much time to to figure it out, and he's had a good amount of time to figure it out, and just hasn't done it. So, and then the Mets coming coming up, Verlander, Herman, and then Quintana versus Radon. Quintana and Radon, like those are that's that's the same guy, I think. Right. Did they play at Chicago? With Chicago I feel like uh, Chicago they, at the same time. Like I know, I know the difference between them, but I don't actually know the difference between them. Quintana doesn't throw as hard as Rodon no, does. and he's older. And he's got more like, pitches. That's it. They both play <laughs> on the White Sox at the same time. That's why. <laughs> yeah, that'll be interesting. Obviously, What's the reaction the be? situation. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure out. I I don't know. I don't know. There. If he comes out, if he comes out, one, I would be surprised if he didn't address it. Just to get ahead of it, try to get ahead of it at least. He should. <laughs> he really should. He really should apologize profusely before he starts. That would be the the move if I were him. 
uh, try to walk it back as, as much as humanly possible to, to get out there. And goddamn, you better go out, get off to a good start. That's all I say. You better get off to a good start. If there's any early trouble with him, he's going to get annihilated. You give up two runs in the first inning, you are getting booed to smithereens walking off that mound in the after the after the top of the first. Oh, it's going to be loud as shit too. And he better be able to control his emotions. He really better be able to control his emotions in that moment too, because it's going to be tough. Don't even like look. Could, just put your head down and walk, just and just head, yeah, head, head down and walk. Yeah, feel for Humps. the feel for the fence on the on the dugout. Don't even look up. Just, yeah. just put your hands. Have someone, yeah, grab the belt of someone in front of you, <laughs> and just go. Just hum something in your brain so you can't you can't hear anything, and just go sit in the dugout. Put some earplugs in, just to block it out and pitch well. Most importantly, yeah, just right, anything well. else you want to touch on before we wrap up? Uh, I, I'm just very interested to see what Cashman is about to do in the next week and a half. I'm very interested to see what transpires here and and um, and how they and how they approach this deadline because I think it's a it's an interesting one. If that I don't I don't know how important it's going to be or or not important it's going to be because I like we said I think everything is in front of us. The 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 team doing well or not doing well is all, already on the roster. Um, in my opinion, at this point, they can get better, sure, but. It's not going to do anything in the long in the long run in the grand scheme. I don't think it makes them a, a deeper contender unless they go get even someone like Shohei, which isn't happening. All right, that's going to wrap up today's episode. Once again, thank you to Game Time. Uh, use code Bronx for twenty dollars off your first purchase there, and we'll talk to you again on Thursday after the Mets series. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.